I'm at Camden BRI and I'm talking to sensory scientists Susan Rogers and Dr Debbie Parker about troubleshooting problems with taints. So Susan, in some parts of the world, the word taint is used to describe any contamination. So perhaps we can start by asking you to explain what you mean by the term taint. Taint can be odour or flavour. It's used to describe the presence of a substance that is foreign to the food or drink product. Products that are contaminated from an external source. And so is that different from an off flavour? An off flavour differs from a taint in that it is often associated with deterioration or transformation of the product. Changes which have happened within the product itself. So Debbie, you have a particular specialism in sensory quality of alcoholic drinks. So if someone has a taint problem with their product, such as a beer, how will they know this? Well, generally there are two ways. As with any other production activity, brewers will have their own in-house routine quality checks, which may flag up a problem. Also, there could be instances where customers may perceive something which they don't expect and issue a complaint. So they think they have a taint problem and they approach you. So where do you begin in helping them to solve their problem? The first step is to assess the product using our expert tasters against a control sample to see if we can identify the offending flavour. Our expert tasters are trained to recognise many different off flavours and taints, particularly with respect to beer and alcoholic beverages. In essence, off flavours tend to be specific for a particular product, whereas taint compounds are common across product categories. And so do you only use sensory techniques or would the analysis extend to using analytical chemistry? Almost certainly. Following the results of the tasting, we can recommend appropriate analytical tests to see if we can measure a difference in key flavour compounds between the control and the tainted product. If it proves more difficult to pinpoint a specific flavour as being responsible, then we can use more sophisticated analytical instruments, such as a GC mass spec, to screen the samples and try and identify a difference. So, Susan, food products offer a much wider range of matrices, so would the sensory approach be the same as with the alcoholic drinks? Yes, essentially the approach would be the same, but you may need to take into account how the sample is prepared, presented and assessed by the panel. When testing for taint, there are two main sensory tests that we utilise. The first would be the free description test method, which uses our um, highly trained expert panel of sensory assessors. Uh, and the second would be the triangle test method. So what exactly is the difference between the free description test method and the triangle test method? In the free description test method, we use a panel of trained descriptive assessors who independently use their own terminology to describe the odour, flavour and aftertaste of the control sample first followed by the suspect test sample. Samples are presented blind. The panel record their description of the attributes and the intensity of, of each attribute. The triangle test method is basically describing is there a difference between two samples. And how we do this is we present the panel with a series of three samples. Two of the samples are same and one is different. And they're asked to select the odd or different sample from the set of three and describe the difference perceived. So Debbie, having established that there is a specific problem with, say, a taint of beer, how much further can you then take that? Once the off-flavour or taint has been positively identified by tasting and supported analytically, we can then assist using our expert knowledge of raw materials and processes to suggest where the problem might have occurred. If it is less obvious, we can help to trace back and evaluate raw materials and in-process samples. We can also conduct literature searches using their extensive databases to help identify the potential causes. So could you give me some specific examples? Certainly. One of our clients had a problem with a, a, like a petrol-like flavour in their beer, which we traced back to the malt as being the source of the problem. We conducted some malt tasting on the raw materials. We asked the client whether there had been any changes in the malt supplier or the storage of the malt, 
and it transpired that a refurbishment of the malt storage area had resulted temporarily of the malt being stored in the garage where the tractor was housed. Malter, of course, is hydroscopic and will absorb all petrol and diesel fumes from the surrounding air, and it had taken in the taint into the malt and then carried it through into the beer. This also goes to show the importance of sensory checking your raw materials. Another common taint that we've seen over the last few years is a result of the plastic linings of crown tops, which can also impart weird flavours, either from the plastic lining itself or from compounds absorbed into the lining during transit, from wooden pallets for example. This is where it's important that people buy from reputable suppliers that have completed migration tests on their products, such as those that we can do here at Camden BRI. In fact, we can even go back further than this. We often get asked by clients to look at the products to see whether they've got a potential to taint. That could be things such as packaging materials, cleaning agents such as disinfectants, wall and flooring compounds. And also, rather than troubleshoot taints, we can help people take a more preventative approach, preventing the taint issues happening in the first place. So if someone has a taint, there are a range of sensory and instrumental techniques that can help to identify the cause and potentially prevent recurrences. So Debbie Parker, Susan Rogers, thank you both very much indeed.